0: is an audio platform created to educate, inform, and empower women to take charge of their physical and mental health. Join Shalana Battle and her occasional guests as they discuss many issues and health topics that concern women. While many health tips and advice will be discussed on this platform by licensed professionals, it should not take the place of seeking help from your own physician or therapist. If you feel that you need professional advice or medical assistance, do not hesitate to contact your provider. Now, let's get to the show. Hello, Eavesdrop family. Welcome to episode 61 of the Eavesdrop. I am your host, Dr. Shalana Battle. Happy Sunday, I do hope that everyone is having an awesome weekend. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Danielle Lemonstone. You will learn more about her a little later and she is here today to touch on a few things about fitness and wellness. I chose this topic for today because it often comes up in conversation with women that I care for. I often talk about fitness and weight loss with women in my family and it is definitely something that is table talk with my girlfriends and I. We talk about it often and the conversation may come up for so many reasons such as concerns about body image and Now more people are discovering how important it is to have an active and healthy lifestyle. So it is a common topic and a common concern for women and I thought having her on today would be fitting. But before we dive into today's conversation, I wanted to go over a few reasons why it is important to have an active lifestyle. The first reason is physical activity helps you live longer because it helps you prevent many chronic diseases that are preventable with just being active, such as heart disease, high blood pressure, abnormal cholesterol and triglyceride profiles, type two diabetes, metabolic syndrome, and colon and, and certain breast cancers. Physical activity also helps you to improve cardio, respiratory, and muscular fitness. So the more you exercise, the more endurance you have. Um, Physical activity raises your metabolism and helps you lose weight more easily, which means you might be able to eat a little more without gaining weight really fast. It can also help you reduce stress. Anxiety and depression so it's very good for your mood very good for your psyche it helps with digestion and it promotes regular bowel movements so people who deal with problems with constipation just getting out and moving can sometimes help you have regular bowel movements physical activity increases the bone density one thing that I tell women who are perimenopausal or postmenopausal is to definitely increase your weight bearing activity because it helps you keep a healthy bone mass. And it can also help improve your overall quality of life. And there are so many reasons why activity is so important in our lives. But those are a few that I felt were important for you to know. Now, I hope that these benefits will motivate you to commit to being more active. I know that they have motivated me even more. So without further ado, I am ready to get into this conversation with Dr. Livingstone. So I won't hold you all any longer. Here is the conversation. Hello, eavesdrop family. Today, I have the pleasure of talking to Dr. Danielle Livingstone. She is a doctor of physical therapy. She is a strength and conditioning specialist and an ACSM certified exercise physiologist. I am very excited to have her on the show this week to discuss a concern that many women including myself, may have had or dealt with in the past, and that is getting fit and staying healthy. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Dr. Livingston.
1: Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm very excited to talk to everybody about fitness and everything that they can do to, you know, become the better versions of themselves.
0: Yes, we had you as a speaker for our Women's Health Conference last year in November, and you did such an amazing job. You provide a lot of useful information that I know a lot of women would benefit from. And I just wanted to have you on the show to cover some of that information. But before we get into all of that good stuff, I would love for you to tell the audience a little more about yourself.
1: Yeah, of course. And thanks for the compliment. I really did enjoy that conference you guys had. I went to Georgia State University for my undergrad, and I got that degree in exercise science. And then I went ahead and got my doctorate in physical therapy. I have always been into fitness since I was like in middle school because I also was a track and field athlete. So I competed since middle school and at the collegiate level. So everything in my life, I feel like kind of just aligned with fitness. And that's how I became, you know, who I am today with my career and how I chose my career path.
0: What was your whole inspiration behind getting into fitness? Like what made you go to school to choose that career path?
1: Well, you know, I guess just being an athlete, just growing up, being an athlete that to me kind of set my foundation as i stated i competed since i was 11. so when i was figuring out what career path i wanted it kind of just aligned with whatever i was already good at which was exercising i was exercising unintentionally since i was 11. and then as i got into undergrad i realized you know Okay, I'm going to choose exercise signs because I'm an athlete. But then I started thinking deeper about it. And I was like, you know, I don't want to be a physician. I don't, you know, I didn't want to be necessarily a nurse. I knew I wanted to use exercise as medicine. And that's how I truly became, you know, a physical therapist.
0: So let's get into the conversation about fitness. So there's this whole discussion about when someone should do cardio versus weightlifting. And me personally, I love doing cardio fitness, but I absolutely hate weight-bearing exercises. And (laughs) there may be people out there who love doing weightlifting, but they hate cardio. So what is your suggestion about cardio versus weightlifting? Who should do more of that? Should we have an equal balance?
1: So this question is definitely a great one because I feel like I get asked it a lot. It really is dependent on your goals. It's so hard to say, you know, this person should weight lift and this person should just do cardio or half and half. It all comes down to your individual goals. So I always, you know, tell people, you know, if you are just trying to lose weight in general, you want to get rid of that adipose tissue. A lot of people are geared towards doing a lot of cardiovascular endurance exercises. But, you know, you will hit a wall just doing that. I do believe everybody should lift in some capacity or not even just lift, but do resistance training. And that doesn't mean that has to be picking up heavy weight. You know, there's different ways to add resistance in general. So if you're just trying to lose weight, definitely do resistance training and you can definitely do cardio, but the resistance training is going to set your foundation for longevity you do a lot of cardio, you know, that as your base of a lot of your exercises, you will lose weight. Don't get me wrong, but it is going to be very easy for the weight to come back on because you don't have that foundation of muscle that is constantly burning throughout your day. Once you're done with cardio, that's it. You're pretty much done. But when you're, when you have resistance and you put on some muscle, that muscle is going to continue to burn that fat throughout the day. But cardio, I do think everyone should do a form of cardio and it's, it can look any kind of way. And it can also be done with lifting. You know, if you have shorter rest periods throughout your lifts and you're lifting lighter, that is a form of also cardio. So I really tell everybody, it all comes down to your goals. What is your goal?
0: So you're saying that weightlifting can help you burn fat even when you're not exercising after you're done with your fitness routine? Correct, yes. Okay, so that means I need to get more (laughs) weightlifting in. (laughs) So you mentioned that there are some different resistance training that do not really require heavy uh, weightlifting. Can you give us a couple of those?
1: Yeah, so you've probably seen that you can use resistance bands You can use water because water is resistance as well. You can go on the beach and that's resistance. Any type of medium that is going to create you using extra force to surpass its momentum is considered resistance.
0: So nutrition is a huge part of weight loss too. And I often see women who say that they are eating all the right things, but they're still having trouble losing the weight. What should we be eating or how often should we be eating as well in order to receive uh, proper nutrition, but also achieve the weight loss that we desire?
1: Right. So I know I touched on this a little bit when I did the conference with you and I you know, was saying, look at, you know, more of a calculator, find your metabolic rate, which basically means how much does your body need to maintain its normal bodily, you know, functions. And then when you know that baseline, you know, that number, you know, if I eat too much of too much of that number or more than that number, I mean, you will gain weight. If you eat less than that number, you will lose weight. There are different ways to figure this out you can use trial and error. You can use metabolism calculators online. You can Google metabolism calculator, and there are some good ones online that you can look at to get that number, or you can go to a facility and use something called a DEXA, which uses um, like body electrical impedance throughout Your body, it's like electrical impulses to measure the density of like fat versus muscle versus your water or like an in-body, which is a similar version of a DEXA, but it's cheaper and it's more accessible. Some gyms might have it. So, or even nutritionists. So that number is super important to work off of because it literally tells you Like I said, if you eat more than this number, you're gonna gain weight. If you eat less than that number, you're gonna lose weight. And then you tie that in with how much calories you are burning roughly with your exercises. So if I, let's say my metabolic rate is 1800 and I'm going to also burn 400 calories roughly in my workouts, three to four times a week. That means if I eat anywhere from like 21 to 2200 that's like my maintenance right there so if I want to lose weight I will eat less than that number if I want to gain weight I will eat more than that number a lot of people a lot of women especially they think that eating a lot is bad and I'm here to tell you that your body needs that fuel to keep going 1200 calories is not sustainable as women, technically, you should not be eating anything less than 1200 calories. I don't care how much you weigh. I don't care how much weight you think you should lose. It becomes unhealthy when you get lower than 1200. And it's really unsustainable. Uh, And so having that number is really good to gauge off of, you know, how much you should eat. Another thing I like to touch on with nutrition is you know hormonal imbalances because with women we really truly think that it's what we're eating is the problem when sometimes our hormones are really out of whack and we're holding on to all the fat because our body is telling us to so i encourage and i've had many clients go through this they have been on birth control since they were on 15 they haven't had a period in a while you know get checked out, check your hormone balance, especially as you get older, you know, your metabolism is already slowing down and your hormones are changing. So that I think is super important, just as much as the nutrition, but general guidelines for nutrition beyond the number of what you're eating. As we know, a lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables, a lot of lean meats, healthy fats, omega-3s, avocados, you know, the, those, I feel like everyone pretty much knows the basics. So I don't like to harp on it. I like to really touch on like the hormones and how much you should be eating as an individual. So really find that number out.
0: Yes. And you mentioned the the metabolic calculator. If we were to find it on Google and find a calculator, like what information is needed in order to calculate the metabolism? Does it require weight, height? What variables what the person need to know about themselves in order to calculate it?
1: Yeah. So when you look on Google, it'll ask you when the calculators that you choose will ask you for your height, it'll have, ask for your weight, it'll ask roughly how many times a week are you working out? And they'll kind of categorize it is it light? Is it moderate? Is it heavy training? Is it rigorous? and then it'll go in your age and it'll go from there and it'll give you a rough calculation that's something great to start out using just a calculator online it's not as accurate but once you kind of dedicate time to going off whatever number it gives you you start getting an idea after months go by roughly what's a more accurate number for you it's a lot of trial
0: and error And let's just say that you get to a point where you're losing weight and you stop because some people will lose a certain amount of um, pounds and then they'll get stagnant. Would you say they need to go back and depend on the calculator again and just update their information? Yeah.
1: So once you reach your goals, everyone kind of stops, (laughs) but I always tell everybody, you know, Fitness and health or living a healthy lifestyle, it's just that. It's a lifestyle, you know. You should not depend on a calculator for life. I don't, you know. I don't think anyone should. Unless you have this strict goal, you are—you need to be a number for your competitor or something like that. It's a guide. It's a guideline to help you keep, to get you going, to figure out what's a rough number for you and how much you want to, you know, lose or gain. Um, but I also believe that you have to make these changes a lifestyle. If, if you lost the amount of weight that you wanted to lose and you are okay with that in that time of losing that weight, you've learned how to live a healthy lifestyle. So just maintain it, just do maintenance. It's not about losing weight anymore. It's just about maintaining going to the gym or doing your exercises at home or whatever your routine was to get you there. It's just maintaining that maybe not as strict, but now you have the tools to, you know, if you ever wanted to
0: do it again, you know what to do. Yes. And I totally agree with that. But what if someone wants to lose 20 pounds and then they get stuck at 15 and nothing's changing? They're still doing all the same stuff that they were doing before, but they're five pounds away from that goal that they have. Because this happens a lot too. Do you suggest that they go back to the calculator and then put in their current weight and start? you know, trying to achieve the weight loss based on the new um, caloric uh, requirements that's given? Or how would you suggest someone be able to accomplish that five pound loss?
1: Right. So two things when it comes to talking about this. So the number, I need all the ladies to get a number out their head because the number doesn't matter right like I can show you somebody who weighs 150 pounds and looks one way and then they look 150 someone else who's 150 pounds and they look completely different because muscle weighs more than fat so that's a whole other you know conversation so I always just like to say the number really does not matter how do you feel how your clothes looking and what are your inches on your waist hips all that is more important than a number Secondly, if you really do want to lose a little bit more weight, even if it's not a number, you just there's just more you wanna lose on your body. You see it, you feel it. I talk a lot with my clients about reverse dieting and bulking. And this goes back to the weight lifting or the resistance training aspect and why I really harp on it. Cardio is not gonna be enough. If you lose 15 pounds and you're still like, I want five more and you plateau, you're at 1200 calories, the lowest you can go, you're working out five days a week, you're doing everything you can, it's time to reverse, which means you need to start eating more again, your metabolism needs a boost, because now it's, it's stuck in this 1200 calories, and it's being overworked, it's probably not being, you're probably not being fed enough, because sometimes you might be overtrained. And when you're overworking, you're not putting enough calories in, but you're burning too much. You're in a, too much of a deficit. Your body starts going into survival mode, and it starts holding on to everything, just so it thinks that it needs to like to survive, right? So it holds on to the calories, it holds on to the fat because you're not feeding enough. So you have to reverse. You have to eat more slowly. Start adding back in calories slowly, and you start doing more resistance training. So you start getting a little bit of comfortable again, doing that a little bit might let you lose the extra five pounds. But when we're talking about a lifestyle change, and we're talking about years from now, you reverse and you put back on that weight, but that weight is not just adipose tissue or fat, it's muscle. And I'm not saying you get jacked or bulky you know you just put on some extra muscle some extra weight you get stronger and that means your metabolism boosts again so when you're ready to start cutting and losing weight again it's not going to be as hard as the last time but as women we get so uncomfortable we think i don't want to eat more i'm going to get bigger i don't want to get bulky all these things and it's such a lie it's such a myth like and it takes time it really does i this is not a Three month fix, you know. i mean, you know, I have clients who've been with me for over a year, and the change that they have made from having them cut to having them reverse diet to having them cut again, and now their metabolism is like at. They can eat 2,000 calories a day, and and they're lean, you know. And and that's that's the goal. I need every woman to really hone in on. It's not about now. It's about where you want to be, you know, a year from now, two years from now.
0: Yes. And during the conference, you discussed the different body types. And I thought that this was an excellent concept because it can help women identify what they should be doing or what they are doing wrong to lose weight. Can you discuss the different body types and the differences between them? Yeah, of course. So
1: we have your mesomorph. So when you think meso M, think of muscle. These are people who are naturally more muscular. I am a mesomorph. So it's very easy for me to gain muscle mass. So for people like myself, aesthetically, let's, you know, on the outside, I might look a little bit more quote unquote fit, muscular than someone else. And that means when I get in the gym, I start, you know, exercising, it's easier for me to gain muscle mass. People who are more muscular, sometimes it's harder for them to keep up with cardio because they're so, you know, muscular. And I, I was a track athlete, but I was a good, I was a power athlete. So I was like sprinting and jumping and stuff like that. But anytime I had to do like long cardio, tired, wiped out. So, you know, we should focus on and this all goes back to your goals right but the typical you know mesomorph you know you can lift but be careful because it might be easier for you to put on more mass faster and then you have your ectomorphs. So ectomorphs, they are the friend that is very lean. They're the garbage disposal. You have people who, you know, they're so lean and lanky and they can eat a whole bowl of pasta every day and they don't gain weight. Those are those, those are those girlfriends that you everybody has. So with those people, they should really challenging themselves if goal is to gain weight because usually that's their goal they're they're like i'm really skinny i'm really lanky those people should really focus on eating more and being more in that calorie surplus i was talking about earlier of finding that you know number that metabolic number and it may be really high because you know their body their metabolism is always on you know they can't gain weight and really focus on surpassing that number and doing resistance or weight training to put on more muscle mass and a little bit more of tissue just so that their body isn't, you know, lanky. If That's not what they want. Cardio for them is probably not the best thing if their goal is to gain weight because their metabolism is already really fast and, you know, they don't want to burn a lot of that calories so fast. So focus
0: on, should be on that weight
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have the endomorphs. So these are people who are more, they carry more adipose tissue naturally, like in their midsection, they're more like the pear-shaped people. And, you know, usually their goal is to, you lose weight and especially like in that midsection and they need a really, you know, good balance between the two of cardio and resistance training to help with, you know, removing excess weight, if, if that is their goal, you know, so just half and half balance to start in the beginning. And then I'm always going to advocate for everybody to resistance train and weight train, you know? So.
0: Okay. I think a lot of women fall in the endomorph category. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I do. I think also it comes back to like culturally too right yeah so uh, you know african-americans caribbean you know you might be an italian like there are cultural things and traditions that have like traveled down you know hereditary and it's people there are people who say like you know it in my family all the women have big hits or all the women you know have more adipose tissue in their stomach and like yes that might be because you think it's hereditary but realistically it's just culturally like culturally you guys probably eat a certain food a lot and maybe don't exercise as much like culturally but it doesn't mean that like that is your norm and that that's not true that is not true
0: Yes. So in healthcare, we talk about BMI a lot. We use BMI to identify healthcare risks, to identify a patient as being underweight, overweight, or obese. And like you mentioned with the different body types, it being culturally influenced, I think that BMI can sometimes be culturally influenced and it may not be um, accurate for every person. But my question for you is, is it important? Do you think that is important? And how do we calculate it?
1: So BMI is starting to be something that is being done away with. Um, it's your body mass index and you calculate it by your weight. You can do it in um, pounds, but usually because, you know, we're also in the metric system. Kilograms divided by meter squared, like your height, meters squared, times 703. So when you calculate it, It'll give you a number. And they always say if you're over like 30 and above is obese, mid-20s is a norm. And then anything below, I think it's like 23. It's all by age too. So this is just rough. Then you're underweight. But, you know, that goes back to something that I think I touched on a little bit earlier in this episode. You know, I can show you somebody who's 150 and they look a certain way and I can show someone who looks a different way. And the BMI does not take in account your muscle mass. Muscle weighs more than fat. So if we take someone who is a solid 150 and someone who has just more adipose tissue and we compare them, they might say that the person who is a solid 150 of muscle is overweight or obese even because they just seem to be heavier but it doesn't take into account the density so even or even if i took someone who was i'm sorry 175 solid solid mass and 150 they might say that the person who is bigger but has more muscle mass weighs more and that they're obese but technically they're not even if they weigh more they're not obese because it's all muscle. So, so that's why I said too, the scale does not matter. The scale does not matter. I tell everybody that every client, every patient, it, it doesn't matter. I don't really go on the scale because people think I weigh a certain amount and I don't. I'm heavier than what they think I weigh. And it's because like I said, I am more of a mesomorph so I carry more muscle mass. So BMI does not matter. I don't think it should be used at all. And, you know, the metabolic rate I spoke about is more important. And figuring out your percentage of fat versus muscle is more important.
0: Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with that a lot. Because when you see patients, they may have a high BMI. You look at them, they look healthy. Their blood pressure is great. Their labs are great. You know, so I do think that it has a lot to do with your makeup, how you're built, your cultural background. So you have to kind of look at the whole entire picture, not just the number. So I definitely agree with that. I'm getting more away from calculating BMI. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really am. And so we discuss a few myths and facts about fitness during this episode. Are there any other myths or facts that you really want our audience to know about
1: hmm that's a great question I feel like I touched on a lot but just to like summarize up like the few that we were talked about was you know as women you know you need to eat eating eating is not bad eating is not going to make you really gain weight as long as you know your number 1200 calories is not enough you know being a woman and lifting in the gym doesn't mean you're going to become manly doesn't mean you're going to become you know bulky and the BMI question I thought was great too, you know, BMI is not needed, you know, that, that is really, really a myth. There's another one I think about when it comes to like nutrition. So a lot of people think that, you know, when you, you need to be on like, like a diet, like, I don't like that word, you know, diet, you know, there are not certain foods that you eat when you're, or when you're trying to wait versus when you're trying to gain weight or maintain. There is no such thing. And I wanna lose weight, I need to eat this. When I wanna gain weight, I need to eat this. Everything is allowed, no matter what your goal is. It all comes back to how much I can eat. I don't change, when I wanna lose a little bit more weight, I don't change the type of food I eat. I just portion them differently. So when I wanna lose weight, I eat a cookie. When I want to gain weight, I eat a cookie. It's all about, you know, lifestyle and how much. I want everyone to understand that. It's about how much, not what you're eating, but like how much you're eating. So I think that's that's the biggest one. Or even, you know, what exercises. If I really want to lose weight, what exercises I need to do? What type of lifting do I need to, need to do? It is all about how much the volume, the intensity, and that. That's something that you, you should really get a coach for a coach or a physical therapist, because, you know, that's when it becomes more, you know, a little bit confusing figuring that part on your own while mixing it with your nutrition. There are no exercises that one person to do, to do a certain goal. And another person should do, to do a certain goal. You do the same things. It's just all tailored and mixed differently to fit your actual goal.
0: Yes. I like that. And what is your favorite quote or affirmation and how has it influenced your life and your career?
1: I actually have this tattooed on me. It says, God will never give you anything you can't handle. So that is definitely one of my biggest affirmations because you really can apply that to anything in life, to fitness, to school, to career, to your purpose. It really doesn't matter. That I would definitely say is
0: my affirmation. Yes. And how can people follow you? Where can we find you and connect with you?
1: Yeah. So my Instagram, my personal is danny Dot livingstone d a n i dot l-i v i n g s t o n e and my business slash um, fitness Instagram is Danny's Dynamic Fitness D-A-N-I-S-D-Y-N-A-M-I-C-F-I-T-N-E-S-S. And those are both Instagram.
0: Awesome. This was a great discussion. And I know a lot of women are going to benefit from you are wisdom. Thank you again for being here and sharing your knowledge.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And I really hope that I inspired somebody on this episode. (laughs) If Anybody (laughs) has questions, you know, feel free to find me on social media, you know, shoot me a DM and I'll be sure to get back to you.
0: Yes. Thank you so much for checking in for another episode of the eavesdrop. I hope that you enjoyed Dr. Livingstone and I hope that you were inspired by something she said. And most of all, I hope that you learned something new. If you are enjoying the eavesdrop podcast, please be sure to follow the eavesdrop on Instagram at the real eavesdrop underscore podcast. You can also, Also, visit the website at theevestroppodcast.com. Also, if you are looking for ways to monetarily support the podcast, visit the website and click donate. Again, thank you for your support. And as always, be well, be whole, and be blessed. Bye.